So yeah, Matt is on vacation this week. So um, that's I was, fun. Yeah, I, I actually don't know what he's doing. Slacker, but uh, I'm sure we'll find <laughs> out next week. <laughs> yep. Well, that's good. I'm glad I could take his place. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks a lot for uh, for volunteering to come on because uh, I was going to do a solo episode and. I don't know how you do it. It, it, it. it seemed too scary. Yeah, talking to yourself, you start to feel crazy a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for those who don't know, um, this is Noah Bragg, um, founder of Potion. Uh, do you want to do a short intro? Like- sure, yeah, I'll share a little bit um, about kind of my background. I'm so I've been building Potion for the last year and a half, um, and I've been doing that solo. And I started on the side, um, but I kind of went full-time beginning of this year. And Potion is a website builder that's built on top of Notion. So it allows you to have your own custom domain, kind of customize your website, um, and then all the content comes from Notion. Um, so that's what, I, that's what I'm doing now. And you know I've been into entrepreneurial stuff for a while now, always kind of had some side business, um, kind of as I had a full-time software job. Um, but you know, Potion is really my first business that has done well enough to allow me to go full-time, which has been fun and, and great. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to keep that train going and trying to keep it growing and building it. And so that's kind of what I'm up to uh, nowadays. So awesome. Yeah. Cause in the, I mean, the last tweet I saw where you, you summarized your one year of potion, like mm-hmm. you were up to almost 4,200 a month of MRR, like after yep. one year. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. That sounds about right. That was really good. And now you're almost to your second year anniversary, right? Yeah. That will probably be in a couple of months. I, I kind of forgot about that, man. I, I guess I need to get on it, huh? <laughs> Right. (laughs) Start writing that update. (laughs) Yeah. So have you guys made it to something yet? (laughs) Uh, That's that's a good question. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I I have. Yeah. Uh, Matt is still at the the starting. Okay. Starting to something. (laughs) Yep. That makes sense. And uh, are are both of you guys full time on like indie hacking, bootstrapping stuff? Or is it? part-time for yeah for you I've, guys. I've been full-time for 11 years now so okay. i've had yeah, quite a few time. yeah quite a few products uh, mostly <clears throat> always b2c but uh power importer is my latest one that i started two years ago yeah uh, that one is b2b and it, it's a game changer it's like totally different that, that's so what i always go doing. b2b so a, yes absolutely <laughs> moral of the story is just go to b2b <laughs> Like BDC is more fun, but so do that afterwards. <laughs> yeah, once you have money, then you then you can play around with BDC. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it becomes your hobby. <laughs> right. Right. Would you consider Potion is is mostly B two B? Um, it's kind of B to pro consumer. So there, I'd say around fifteen percent of my customers are businesses like like small, like, I don't know, five to 10 people businesses. Um, and then the rest are like solo entrepreneurs, um, people that want to have an identity online. <clears throat> so yeah, there's a lot of pro consumers, which does, you know, there's a challenge with, uh, it makes it challenging with, there's probably more churn because of that, okay. I would guess. So yeah. 
yeah, no, it's it's hard. Like I, I mean, most uh, for power importer, I say uh, definitely two thirds are freelancers and agencies. Like really, mm-hmm. it's usually they're not even paying. It's the custom. It's their client that's paying for it. So it really is pretty right. interesting. The, but the other third is yeah, indie hackers and no code founders. Um, yeah, so there is there is higher churn than than normal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does that uh, worry you at all? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like you know, because you hear people like people say, "Oh, th- you know, anything higher than this is a horrible churn, and your business is dead." So that's discouraging. You go, "Oh, okay." <laughs> right. But at the right. same time, like when I look at the reasons why people are canceling, it's not. You know, most of the time it's I don't need the product anymore. So yep. basically, they yep. were they were building something. They needed to import data into their Webflow, and now they don't need to anymore. So they canceled it. But they might come back for their next project, right? So right is that is that like real churn or? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's like they yeah they it's a lot of times they just move away because their you know their project didn't work or something like that. Um, I'm looking at my numbers right now. So my churn is a, was apparently 7.6% for August. Okay. So that's that's where I'm at. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's better than it's been. Like it's, it, I think at the worst, it was like 12, maybe 13% in a month, right. um, which is pretty high. Um, so I've been working to try to get that down. But yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I know, but some people say, oh, it should be 2 or 4%. So, mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm about the same as you. I think I'm around 8%. Yeah. Uh, and then, so yeah, they say, uh, it's like doom and gloom. If you have, you have more than 4%, yeah. you know, like you're. Well, that's good to know. We got, we got two data points and oh, we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> at least we know that's, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're surviving. <laughs> yes. I mean. Maybe if I was trying to build like a million dollar business, like then yeah, it would be a problem. Yep. Yeah. But I just True. need something that pays my bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is there is there like a, a format we're trying to go for? Like you know, you update, I update, or more just because I have I have some questions I could ask you too. I'm curious about some of what you're doing. Um, but Gosh. yeah, I'm, I'm up to whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah. No. It's. Let's go with your your questions. That's that sounds great. I mean, we, okay. I, we can we can also do an update, but uh, I don't have much to update, honestly. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, I have a th- I have a few things that have been going on um, that maybe I could talk about, but I guess that kind of comes into my questions too, because so recently I've just fe- been feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, you're doing you're doing this solo. I'm doing this solo, and that can be a lot. I think to do a solo business all by yourself. You know, you got to wear all the hats, and uh, yeah, I just been feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Of like, I'm well, actually, what it was was so I just got a hrefs again because um, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna make my SEO be amazing. Um, I gotta gotta work on this, which is good. So that was good. Um, I feel like what a hrefs makes you do though is like look at your competitors um, because I typically I don't look at my competitors very often I kind of just like ignore them just like I'm going on my own path just like trying to listen to my customers build a good product whatever 
Well, Ahrefs, it's like all based on the keywords and you kind of learn about the keywords by seeing like what pages are doing well, which is typically like competitors. So you start going down like, okay, what are my competitors doing? So I started to go down that rabbit hole yesterday and it kind of made me just like be like, uh, kind of like, uh, like just annoyed a little bit, you know, <laughs> like looking at your competitors, like, ah, oh, they're doing this well, they're doing that. Like this seems to be working really well for them. They got, get, they got all these keywords. And, um, yeah, it was just starting to make me feel a little overwhelmed. It's like, man, I got all this like catch up work. I feel like I have to do of like just doing all this stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it just, it starts to get a lot and it's kind of getting in my head a little bit. Um, so anyways, that's, that's kind of what I'm feeling right now a little bit, just because I kind of went down that rabbit hole. Um, but it, I mean, at the same time, it's like, I probably needed to do it just so that I can kind of see like what track I need to go down and make progress on. Um, but anyways, have you, have you felt that at all? Like kind of getting overwhelmed, just like being a solo founder? Oh, absolutely. Like, <laughs> I mean, me, it's more, it's more about all the roles that you have to do. Um, like I, I love to, to do deep work, to be concentrated and work on something for like six, eight hours straight. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard to do. Right, because I'm like answering customer support tickets, and and then I'm trying to be active on Twitter, and and yeah. those things like you you think you'd be able to just do it and then get back into the zone, but I I have a hard time with it. I'm not able to do it. Yeah, it kind of throws you off track, and then you're going down some like Twitter thread and then yeah. <laughs> reading it, exactly. then... <laughs> or, or that stupid like egoistic, you know, or is anybody liking my tweet? Right, and you're going back to check right. it out. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah, that that is a definitely another potentially like demotivator that I've had recently. I think it's partially because I think Twitter is changing their algorithm kind of under the scenes, and it's it's not doing well for me. Really? <laughs> like so, I've so like you've seen uh, a difference. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I, I to me it seems like they're showing tweets to less of your following from the get go. Um, to kind of try to see if a tweet is gonna do well. Um, like I feel like they're kind of trying to go more the TikTok route where it's like more algorithm based, where they're showing stuff to people if it's getting really like good engagement and it's starting to like maybe be potentially viral or something like that, um, where they know people are gonna like it already. Where I feel like before Twitter was more like, hey, like this is your following. Um, if you tweet and they're on, you know, Twitter at that time, they're probably going to see it, you know? And so more of your following kind of sees it. Um, where I'm seeing a lot of my tweets, only like 7% of my following will actually see the tweet. Um, unless it starts to pick up and like, you know, it's, it does well, then like maybe a lot more people, it'll start to show it to more people. Um, but it's just kind of annoying because it feels like they're kind of taking away a little bit of that audience that, you know, people have built up or whatever. Right. So no, it's just stuff like that. And so then, yeah, like tweets don't do as well. So then you kind of get bummed. You're like, oh man, I'm like putting effort into this. Right. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of another rabbit hole, I guess. So like <laughs> you have the same Twitter following, like the same count and you saw like a overnight change when they did it change? To the yeah, it was, I guess it wasn't, it felt kind of overnight, uh, but I guess it probably wasn't just overnight. It was, it was probably just, I feel like it's been over the last couple like weeks or months, um, but 
I, I saw some other people on Twitter talk about it as well. So I feel like that's also kind of where I'm getting some of it from as kind of other people talking about kind of experiencing the same thing. Um, but yeah, definitely have seen like some kind of shifts and changes with it. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's so frustrating where right? you've invested all this time in building an audience and then yeah, yep. Zoink, it's gone. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, yeah, but anyways, I'm, you're talking about, um, yeah, getting like being able to focus and stuff and having Twitter and other things or you just the multiple hats kind of take your attention in different directions. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I'm, I'm the most productive when I just ignore everything else at the detriment of those, those other tasks. Yeah. Yeah. For me, cause you know, I'm not a marketer by trade. Like I'm a software developer first. And so I found like, like you're saying, like when I can get into a software developer groove where I'm just like building out features and stuff, I can really get into deep work, get into focus. And that's kind of what the last couple of weeks have been for me. I've been working on a new version of Potion, kind of like a new dashboard version. And so, you know, I've mostly been focusing on that and not much marketing because I knew like, okay, I need to get this stuff done. So I'll, I'll do the marketing stuff afterwards. Um, so I had a couple of weeks there where I was just like, it felt so good. Like I was just like making tons of progress, working hard and like I was really motivated. And then once I switched to the marketing side, you know, marketing is just more foreign to me. It, it feels like you don't get that quick like iteration, like feedback loop that I'm used to in software development where you like write some code, you see it working and it's like, oh, that feels good. Or, or you, you push it, you ship it and then you see some customers try it out and they're like, oh yeah, I like it. With marketing, it's like, oh, I'll try this like, I don't know, I'll try this blog post and see if some people, like maybe a couple months down the road, I'll see that, so some people actually looked at this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially if you're doing SEO, right? It's like, all right, I'm creating all this content. I'll yeah. check up on it in six months to see if it's getting any traffic. Right. <laughs> so anyways, that's where I'm kind of at now because I'm starting to do more of the marketing side, which is really, I know that's where I really need to focus um, like I, like, you know, looking at my competitors, like I was like, they're, they're getting a lot more hits, um, and volume from their keywords and stuff. Um, which in one ways is kind of positive. Like I'm, I'm seeing that I'm like, oh wow, there's like potential. Like if I do some of the right changes and stuff, I can really get a lot more volume and traffic to my site. Um, but then also it's kind of demotivating. It's like, oh man, I got a lot of catch up work. It feels like on that side, but it's, it's definitely where I need to focus. So well, yeah, going back to that, like I've, I've never used href. So how does href know like how much traffic your competitors are getting? That's a good question. Um, it's all, it's, it's definitely estimations. Um, and actually from what I'm seeing already, like what it says my web, like my potion website gets is like four or five times less than what it actually gets because I, you know, I have the real tracker analytics nice. on yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. So I can see that it's like four to five times less. And actually that's, I was just asking about that yesterday on Twitter. Apparently that's the kind of the norm that Ahrefs will be quite a bit less than maybe what's the real traffic. I think one, just because of like ad blockers and like tracking blockers and stuff um, can kind of mess it up and, and just make it less. Um, and then, yeah, I'm not sure. It, it's always less typically. I feel like I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> okay, I, th- I think it's I think it's passed. Um, <laughs> that that feeling for a couple of seconds, you're like, oh man. Um, but anyways, it's I think what it really is is a guesstimation based on when a Ahrefs is like scraping Google and seeing like the number of results and seeing like who's first, who's second, who's third, and it, it tracks all the pages like where where your ranks are for all all your pages um and then i think that's kind of its base level where it's then it's somehow getting a volume for what maybe that search gets and then kind of giving each rank like you know one two and three a different amount of the volume based on that and then it kind of comes up with oh you get this many about this many traffic for this page or yeah, so it's something like that. I was I was look, I was digging into their docs a little bit where they kind of explain their their algorithm a little bit behind it. Um, but I don't know. It seems to be good enough that uh, you know a lot of people are using it and like getting value from it. So I'm sure it's not correct completely, but it still kind of gives you an idea. So it helps. Yeah, but like when you so you subscribed recently to Href. Like, did they make you install a script on your website? Nope, no. They they okay. they have their whole own like estimation so thing. Yeah, it's purely estimates based on whatever Google volume yep. and uh, the position in the results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's that was always my gut feeling. Like that's why I never signed up for it. I was there. But what what am I paying for? Like you don't know. Like Google knows what the search volume is. You don't. Like, right. <laughs> how could you pretend? Well, you do? so what it is good at though like so maybe it's not getting those estimations correct but what it is good at is figuring out what keywords you know people are getting for different posts um and so then you know allowing you to kind of have an open uh canvas to like search through different keywords see like what competitors and other similar websites are ranking for kind of gives you like keyword ideas and things like, oh, I could do better, even if it's my estimation for how much traffic I'm getting for this keyword isn't completely correct. The ratio is probably pretty correct, I would guess, compared to other things. So then you're like, all right, I'll go for this new keyword and do something in this area or or compete against my competitor on this keyword. Um, So it definitely helps you find things and get a little bit of an idea of like how well your competitors are doing in certain areas and what's working for them kind of. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like it can do well on the ratio, like looking up those ratios and exploring keywords. So, so let's say you find that your competitor is doing better than you with certain keywords. What, what can you do to beat them? That's a good question. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to figure <laughs> out. I mean, I've never done this myself where I've really like tried to focus in on the SEO stuff. Um, but I mean, yeah, so hopefully this works out and I can come back and be like, yeah, what I did, you know, worked. Um, so really my goal is see if I can get like double, triple, maybe five times the amount of traffic, organic traffic that I'm getting currently, which would really be huge for the business, right? Like if, if you could get five times the amount of leads coming in just from, from Google, that would, that would be a a game changer. And I think from, from seeing the volume that is around some of the keywords that like my competitors are going for, I'm going for, like, I think that's actually possible. I could maybe five X my, my traffic. So that's what I'm going for. And so the plan is, um, well, so first thing I'm going to do is really update my website a lot. Like just the landing page. Like I, I, I need kind of some more content to kind of hit some of those keywords. 
um, and just some more like relevant, valuable information throughout my landing pages. Um, another big one, so I guess just to make it more uh, simple to kind of see. Uh, so one of the ones I'm going for is um, like Notion websites. That's like, you know, that's one of the biggest keywords, you know, so it's pretty obvious, right, for, for Potion, Notion websites. Well, so what seems to rank well for that is basically like a list of of website examples where it's kind of showing like these are websites that are built with, with Notion um, and it allows people to kind of go through and see them. And so right now I'm, I have a, a, a page on my website already that's like examples of sites built with Potion. And right now it's ranked 12th on the Notion websites like search. Um, which is, you know, at least I'm there, but I'm, yeah. I'm on the second page. That puts me to the second page. So if I can get that to the first page, that would be pretty big. And so like right now, all I have is it's just, it's just a, a page that's linking to different customers' um, websites. And so my plan to make it better is basically add some information um, with each website I'm linking to. So like, you know, maybe like split it up into categories like portfolio websites, career websites, landing page websites, wiki, doc websites. Right now I just have like a big list and there's no like, there's no text info about it. And so, you know, I'm trying to think to like split it up into like categories, you know, this category, this category, this category, and have a little information about each category of why, you know, Potion's good for making websites um, with uh, Notion in that category. Um, and I think that will hopefully help. Um, so I, that's like the first step with it. Um, I think the other step would maybe like linking to that from some other pages with throughout my website. Um, so I don't know, that's just some ideas. So I don't yeah. really know if that will work, but at least looking, you know, I've been looking at some of the other different websites that do rank well for that keyword. And that seems to be kind of what they're doing. Um, you know, there's, there's a decent amount of like notion, um, uh, content websites where it's not necessarily like a competitor of mine, but it's someone that's like trying to show off like just stuff that people have built with notion and they'll have a page like that where it's like showing off different websites and stuff. And those seem to rank pretty well for this keyword. So that's kind of the, the plan, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, those are definitely good things. Like I like just a bit of background. I, used to be an in-house seo expert at a oh company so that you I should be telling at. me what to do what, what are we doing here <laughs> but that no but that was like 15 years ago and i haven't kept up with the changes i'm guessing seo has changed a ton since then i think it changes every week right <laughs> <laughs> so, so so those things you mentioned are definitely good because um, especially for the long tail like all those different sections for different kind of sites that's going to help uh, linking internally is also going to help a bit, but the number one, right. number one is, is inbound links. links. Outside. Yeah. Like yep. How many people are linking to it? Yep. Yeah. So I guess that would be the other idea is, well, this, then that's what kind of, you know, Ahrefs allows you to do too, is see like, which, um, you know, which websites are maybe uh, just in like the Notion space that like make content about Notion and, and could be someone that you could reach out to and be like, hey, I see you have a post about like Notion websites and could you like link to my uh, website or link to my blog post that talks about this? 
I think it would make your, you know, make your content more valuable. And also like it gets me a, a backlink. And then you can even be like, hey, I also have a referral um, program you can make or affiliate program. You can make some some money off this. So that's probably what I need to do next too, is like try to get people to link to some of these specific pages that I'm, I'm building out, um, like you're mentioning. Yeah, I mean, no, that's a great idea. If you have an affiliate program and you could communicate with them directly, like, like here's some new articles, right, that you could link to with your affiliate link. And uh, yep, yep. so you get backlinks and, and uh, yeah, and if new affiliate customers yeah so if you're if you're not doing any of this seo stuff right now how are you getting most of your customers for power importer i mean i i did hire at one point a content marketing company that wrote some blog posts Mm -hmm. so like i'm starting to see a lot more traffic coming from those articles but most most of my traffic is still coming from all the backlinks that i've put out there in the forums and on reddit and uh, and Twitter, like my my Twitter account is uh, gets gets a lot of uh, gets a lot of clicks from the just the profile the profile link. Yep, yep, that makes sense. But yeah, it's it's a, basically the forums. I think it's the forums and Google and direct traffic are my my top three. Yeah, but who knows where direct traffic comes from? <laughs> right, right, exactly. Just kind of this magical thing that yeah, you hope goes up. But <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, I think a lot of it is Twitter. I like. I think, depending mm-hmm. on what client people use, I think some of those clicks come as direct traffic. Mm-hmm. But for Power Importer, I have a lot of customers that use Power Importer to do programmatic SEO. So that's where you like generate lots of landing pages for different keywords and yeah yeah uh, but i mean people think it's like a, a silver bullet like oh it's easy i'm just going to generate hundreds or thousands of pages and google's going to index them all and then i'm going to rank well for all of them um i mean i don't want to i don't want to kill the golden goose because <laughs> i'm getting a lot of customers that do this yeah. but i mean it's it's harder and it's I mean, I, I also see a lot of people do programmatic SEO before they even have product market fit or problem mm. solution fit. Yeah. They just figure out. Not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. It's like, oh, I'm just going to start spamming Google with all these landing pages, but I don't actually have a business yet. Right. I did see one of my competitors was doing something like that that seemed to be like it's actually working pretty well for them. I don't think they completely generated all the content, but like so basically they went through and made almost like a landing page for every kind of like website type you could think of. Um, And then the so the funny thing is, is like the layout and kind of the look of each page is almost exactly the same. And it each is kind of like a landing page. But you did tell like, you know, they went through and added some different texts for each one. For a couple of them, they even added like a, a different video that shows you how you can make a, a website like with that kind of uh, specific niche in mind. Um, and that seems to be doing pretty well for them. Um, but it's, it's just hilarious because on their their main like root landing page, there's then a drop down menu that goes to like 30 different 
you know, it links to the 30 different kinds of websites and you can just click, you can just click through to each one. You're like, well, this is all pretty much, it was yeah. kind of the same. Like this is obviously just a SEO, like absolutely yeah. SEO play <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to the customer. It looks kind of weird. So someone yeah. just like navigating their website. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but yeah, it's just the links have to be there. If the links are on the homepage, then it's they're extra important. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but I mean, that's it. We're both sort of like in the no code space, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think the whole no code space looks at Zapier as like the golden example of programmatic SEO. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, it was the recipe for their success. Uh, but then everyone thinks that, oh, I just have to do that and I'll be the next Zapier. What did they, I'm guessing they like generated all these pages for all the integrations that they have. Exactly. Stuff. So every single combination of two integrations together, they have a landing page for it. Um, mm. Some of it was really just formula, like just a formula, right? Like just replace the keywords, you know, sync yeah. source A to source B with Zapier. <laughs> uh, but some of them, they yeah. did add custom content, like make sure there's different images and read some I copy. can see how that would do really well, though, because, you know, I, that's exactly what people would search, right? Like they're searching, how do I connect this API or like this tool to this tool? And that's, you know, Zapier's the, kind of the perfect solution yeah. um, for that. And so they, exactly. they kind of, they can do that probably because they are the solution people want or that would actually work out for that um so yeah because it's very high intent search traffic right like someone is trying Mm -hmm. to do something and then they search for it in google and they land on a page that shows you how to do it yeah yeah that is that is amazing (laughs) and that's probably why it it will work for potion also like somebody's trying to build a restaurant website like how do i build a restaurant website from notion Mm mm-hmm that's true. Yeah, so maybe I'll have to try it. Definitely going to play around with it, hopefully learn from it. And um, I do think, like, the SEO thing is kind of fun. Like, it, well, maybe. If, if it goes well, maybe then it's fun. If it doesn't go well, then maybe I'll just be annoyed. But I can see it being fun, like, just, like, trying to optimize, like, trying to figure out how to get something to get more volume and seen more. I don't know. It's kind of like a fun game, maybe. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You say you don't like marketing, huh? <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know. So that's the other thing, kind of going back to being the solo entrepreneur. Um, I think why I decided to do go this path is because I do like just like learning and like exploring kind of lots of different things. Like back when I was at like a at my day job, you know, I was just a software developer and I kind of got bored just being like a cog in this big like system where I kind of, you have a very like small thing that like, okay, this is what I do and you kind of get bored of it. So I really like with being a sole entrepreneur, it's like you do have to do do and learn all these different things. You have to do the marketing, you got to do the customer support, you got to learn how to talk to people, you got to do the software stuff still, product stuff. Um, so I like it, but then on other days, and it's probably the days when I, I, I haven't slept well, um, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just more overwhelmed, you know, it's just like, ah, man, there's all this stuff I have to figure out. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. Like the, the best part of being solo is that you get to talk to the customer, right? Like, cause when you're a developer for a mm. big company, 
Like they just tell you, this is what we're building. And you might think it's stupid and it's not going to work, but you just build it anyways. And then it fails. And then the departments blame one another. Oh, it failed because the yeah. product manager didn't <laughs> do their job or marketing didn't do their job. Or, uh, but yeah. Yeah. When you're solo, you talk to the customer, you understand their problem. You turn around, you write the solution. <laughs> it's like, it, mm -hmm. it's great. But, but yeah, but like yourself, too. my problem uh, is, yeah, mm -hmm. I like learning new things and oh yeah, I'll, if I concentrate on marketing, I'll enjoy it. But then in the back of my mind, I feel, but I'm not building new features. Like, yeah. I, you know, I got all these bugs that people are reporting or new features they want and yeah. I'm, not pro I'm not progressing on that. Yeah, I think for me, I've, I've almost decided and we'll see if I fall through with this because it usually doesn't happen. I've almost, so, you know, there's some bugs. There's always bugs, right, in any product. And it does really bother me when someone like reaches out and customers support, hey, this isn't working, you know, like I expect. A lot of times I would, like in the past, I'd jump in and I'd be like, all right, I'll just like fix this in the next couple of hours and I'll reach out. Um, I, you know, I have gotten a little better where I'll be like, hey, like this probably isn't the most important, like this isn't my, my top priority. Like maybe I'll get it fixed like in a week or two. And so I'll do something like that. Um, but I've almost decided now, like, I think the best thing for the business is if I just like focus on the marketing, like, like, well, especially after kind of doing this kind of, you know, I was just like in my basement for the last like month or so, like building out this new version of Potion. Um, and so I've been working a lot on the products. And so I do feel like I need to spend a lot of time on the marketing. And if I did that, even though there was maybe some issues, like it would probably be still the best option. Like, it, you know, even if there's some bugs and everything's not perfect, like if I can just grow grow the amount of people that are finding uh, potion and, and signing up and stuff like it would probably be a net positive for the business. Um, even though there's still some bugs <laughs> and yeah. I have to let go of that. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I totally agree. Like, cause if you listen just to the, the feature requests and the bugs, um, you, then you're just serving a few people. Right. But if you, if you really ramp up your marketing and get a lot of people in, like for 80% of those people, you solve their problem like perfectly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it feels like you, you're serving more people. You're, you know, you're creating more value by serving more people. Yeah. And, and that actually, you know, if it goes really well, then you can hire people to improve the product for right. those few people that need those extra things. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know about you with Power Importer. I, I would guess you'd see some of this too. But like, I feel like with Potion, just because of what my product is, you know, just like no code tools, there's like an endless number of things that people are trying to do with them. And there's always more that they could do with it. And there's always like this other like little thing that they'd want and like, oh, this would be perfect. I could just do this. And if you add this feature and you could go in all these different like directions with it. Yeah, And that's definitely like, I think you have to be really careful of that with a no code tool, because maybe you do build that feature, do that thing. And maybe it just helps one person because they have yeah. one specific use case um, that they were trying to do. And so trying to not fall into that trap can be kind of hard as well. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I, I feel I feel that like, especially for me, because I'm such a, you know, I'm basically like a Zapier replacement. So. Mm -hmm. So yeah, everyone comes up to me and says, well, could you connect to this no-code tool or this one or that one? And 
and because they can't code, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they they come to me and say, "Well, that's that's the last missing piece for my whole website is if you <laughs> yeah. could also connect to this. Right? <laughs> Otherwise, I have to hire a developer." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you're kind of everyone's developer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, but, but I can't do it all. So yeah, right. most of the time I, 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 oh yeah, that's a good idea. I'll add it to my, to my, you know, roadmap. And then I wait, is anyone else going to ask for it? And often yeah, yeah, no fair. one else asks for it. Yeah. That's a good, good way to do it. So how often do you talk to your customers? Just curious. Um, like by email, like, or? <laughs> well, both, like, like in the video call and then, yeah, like by email and stuff. Yeah, by email, it's it's almost every day. Like mm -hmm. whenever, you know, people have feature requests or they're, they're having problems, like I'll take those opportunities to, to learn more about what they're building. Um, but talking like on a Zoom call, like I haven't done it in months, I think. Yeah. Well, actually, that's not true. I, I did it recently, but before that, it was probably months since I had done it. Yeah. So I, I feel like I need to start doing more of that probably. Um, what I've been doing recently, though, is whenever like someone, you know, reaches out and they like need to cancel or something like that, I've been just like asking them like why, you know, the product didn't work for them or just trying to get more information. And that's been really helpful just to like understand like why people are leaving or why people are maybe choosing a competitor over my tool. Um, so that's like one thing I've started to do, but I feel like if it was even just once a week, like to have like a video call with a customer, just to understand like what they're trying to do and stuff once a week, I feel like that could be really helpful just for me to have a better mindset of, of what's going on. Um, so anyways, I'm, I'm thinking about starting that, but yeah, we'll see. No, I think it's a, yeah, it's super important. It's a great idea. And I've thought of doing it, but it comes back to that that inability to focus on mm -hmm. on deep work when I have all these other little things. Like just just knowing that I have a meeting at five with someone, like makes yeah. it really hard to concentrate for that afternoon. <laughs> yeah. I do really like an empty calendar schedule. Yes, you know, and that's exactly. usually what I have, <laughs> which is yeah. great. Just like uh, what am I going to do the rest of the day? I don't know. Just like whatever, you know, is on my roadmap or issues coming through and you can kind of just figure it out day by day instead of like, all right, I got this whole like calendar loaded of stuff that I have to be there for. <laughs> no, exactly. And, and it, cause I, I thought of it, I said, okay, maybe I can put, you know, like just send this calendar link to people whenever an opportunity arises, like they're canceling or they're asking for a new feature uh, but then limit it to like only have like a slot first thing in the morning or last thing at, of the day. And uh, once somebody fills up one of the slots, like you don't accept any more like calls for that day. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, that'd be a way to manage it. But even then it seems like I would still be a distraction <laughs> knowing that like I got this call late at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. So, uh, what, what what have you been working on recently with Power Importer? What like what's the the update? The recent stuff. There's well, there's stuff I can't talk about. Oh, see, because <laughs> yeah, the building private. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should be like a new like meme. Like 
people building in private because <laughs> all the everyone's doing the building public stuff like i'm building in private <laughs> <laughs> exactly every day you just tweet today i built something else that i can't talk about <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah there's um there's a lot there's there's been a lot of things that have changed that i've and uh, that i'm working on but uh, some of it i actually can't talk at all because of ndas <laughs> oh wow but uh but uh yeah it's it's doing well the biggest thing that I did for Power Reporter recently is I hired someone to take care of my customer support. Mm, to, wow, to be the, that's a big step. Yeah, to be the like the, the front line for customer support, uh, and that has been going super well. Like just knowing wow. that someone's there screening what's what's really urgent and needs my attention, like someone can't sink or someone's. Uh, you know, whatever, like something that that is urgent, mm-hmm. those get forwarded to me right away. But otherwise, like they they respond to say, you know, okay, thanks. Yeah, you know, we've got we got your email. We forwarded it to a team member that can take care of it. And then I only have to check that stuff like once a day. So I, nice. I, it's been a huge boost to my productivity. That's that's pretty awesome. Um, so did you feel so? Like I'm trying to think if I started to do that. I feel like I would I would have to change a little bit of how I do like even how I help people because right now like it's very kind of thrown together in the back where it's like you know I'm like I'm probably like you know, updating things in a database for people and like doing things that it's like you, you know you'd have to be a programmer to know how to like support people kind of so how did you are like where are you with that that allows you know a support person to kind of take on a lot of the support. Well, I hired uh, Evergreen, Evergreen Support. That, so basically, it's a productized service that will do your support for you. Mm. But really, what they concentrate on is like templates. So like for all the frequently asked questions or issues, they have like a template that they can respond with. Mm. So, I mean, it sounds like something you could fully automate, but it's really hard to automate. I've tried to do it before and it's really hard to, to have a foolproof system where it doesn't respond with a template that's inappropriate and makes you look yeah. stupid or it, make, it's, right. it becomes obvious that it's automated and you're not listening to the customer. Like, so, right. yeah. So, so, so they're still not answering a lot of my emails yet, but okay. I mean, we already had some early wins. This has just been the first week and that made okay. a huge difference. <laughs> So, so yeah, your question, um, I, so they don't have access to my dashboard. They're not able to, to answer technical questions or investigate. Mm-hmm. Like I still have to do that stuff. Okay. And so they're kind I, of answering questions where it's like probably something that the customer, if they really did digging, like they could kind of just know themselves by looking through guides or things like that. Yeah, um, exactly. And it's just making it, you know, easy. Like they're just answering it for them kind of. Yeah. You'd be amazed. Like I have, I have some like uh, problems that customers can encounter. Like you know, their API keys invalid. Let's say, and even though like the error message is as clear as possible, it says what the next action is. Like some customers, they they just don't read it or they don't understand. They just take a screenshot and email it to me and say, "I like I, I got this error." Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where it says, you know, the solution is republish your site. Uh, but they just email it to you. Oh, I got this problem. It's not working. So, right. So yeah. So it requires me to just 
reply the exact same thing that that message says, but <laughs> worded a little differently. So yeah. in those cases, it's perfect. They they recognize the error and they're able to respond to the template. And, mm -hmm. and because it's a screenshot, like I wouldn't be able to to automate it. Yeah. So is there is there a real person like on the, on their not their team that's like looking at the messages then and then yeah. like deciding oh this is a template or not or I can answer this with a template or not? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are two there are two indie hackers, so it's still a, a small business and they're onboarding mm. slowly new customers. Uh, I'm assuming eventually they're gonna they're gonna try to automate some of it and maybe hire other people to do it. But for now, yeah. it's the two founders well, what doing was it. it. Called? evergreensupport.co, I believe is the URL. All right, I got to check this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. And uh, I mean, so that's that's the biggest thing I've done for Power Importer recently, besides the things that I can't talk about. Um, yeah, besides the secretive, secretive things. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, like, I mean, last time I was on your podcast, I was starting this challenge where I was going to build a two-month challenge. What happened? Exactly. <laughs> this is it. This is the end of it. <laughs> oh, this is the end of the two months? Yeah. Okay, so, so yeah, you have to say how that all went. Yeah, that that was a, that was a big failure. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> it, I mean, it's okay. It's okay. I, I was fine with failing in public. Um, I even said it in the first tweet, like, follow along if you want to see me succeed or fail miserably. Well, I <laughs> fell miserably. <laughs> so remind yeah. me what the what the idea was. So the idea was I was going to build this this B2B SaaS in two months. And within two months, I would have, I think, 2,000 MRR is what mm -hmm. I, I was bullish on. And, uh, and I was going to do it without an audience. So mm -hmm. I wasn't going to use my Twitter audience for it. Uh, and that's why I was being so secretive about what it was. And I wasn't going to work more than two hours a day. So like that was yep. the challenge. Yep. Uh, so yeah. So first of all, I launched it in the summer, which was stupid. Because <laughs> I, I was <laughs> no cold emailing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was cold emailing businesses. And like I'm, I was getting some responses. Like some people were saying, oh, that's a good response rate. But, uh, you know, I... Uh, how many did I send out? 20 or 30 emails. And I got like 1% on a call. Mm -hmm. Right. Which, which I guess is not that bad. I think it was 20. Yeah. I sent out 20 emails. I got 1% on the call. So, you know, so it was just a bad timing. Like doing it in the summer for, for these businesses was horrible. Um, and then keeping things private was complicated. Like, <laughs> like, uh, you know, there's some things like I, you just want to, you just want to build a landing page. Right. But then I was really trying to be careful to make sure that nobody would know what the landing page was or how I would mm -hmm. post it. So I never shared the landing page. Yeah. Uh, and two hours a day is also, again, for the same reasons I talked about before, like just knowing that I'm going to dedicate two hours to this, then I'm going to tweet about it. Uh, it was a huge distraction. Like it was just, it was really hard to do that. And then like context switch to, all right, now I'm going to continue working, working on Power Reporter. Yeah, that is tricky. 
I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you do it to be so active on Twitter about what you're working on, and you post like two minute videos and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's kind of just, in some ways, it's part of my flow a little bit, where it's like you know I work on something for two hours and then like, you know your your brain kind of needs a break from that anyways at that point, and then it's like. Oh, maybe I can share this thing that I just did or something, some idea that just came to my head on Twitter and then kind of do that and you jump back. I mean, I definitely, I definitely, it does make me probably jump to Twitter too often throughout the day because then, you know, you're, you're looking to see, oh, this person replied, I'll reply back to them and like notifications. And so I definitely jump to Twitter probably too often and that could mess me up a little bit. Um, but I don't know. It's it's just kind of how I live, I guess. I'm sure it could be. I'm sure it could be opt optimized. You know, like I'm sure I could be more efficient, more productive in a day. Um, you know, I mean that's that's kind of why I'm indie hacking, so I can I don't have to be. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, cause yeah, cause I like Twitter. Like I'm I'm having fun in general. I'm having fun on Twitter. Like I'm making. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I became friends with you through through Twitter and. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been a great experience and, and I don't want to quit it, but I find it hard to turn it off. Like, <laughs> right, like right. on days that I don't tweet at all, those are my most productive days. Mm-hmm. And then when I start it's tweeting, true. forget it. I'm distracted all day. Like, yep. Yep. Um, so what was, what was the idea with the, did you ever share like what the actual idea was for the, the two month challenge? Uh, no, I never, I never did. So like I, I did the cold emailing that failed. So then I decided the next step was a landing page and I would share that. And that's basically when I lost, I lost steam. Like the two mm-hmm. hours a day was really hard to do. Um, it would have been easier to do, maybe do one day a week would have been easier, I think. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Cause then I could sense. really concentrate on it one day, but then that made it really hard for building in public to be able to have something to post every day. Right, there, right. You know, like there was just too many, too many constraints, like too many different things. Like there's, there's an audience I have to entertain with this. There's, <laughs> there's other business to run. Um, so in the end, I never, uh, I, I never released a landing page. It's still not fully finished. Um, and, but I didn't, I haven't given up on the idea. Like, I think the idea is still good. I, th- I still think there's a market for it. I still want to test this landing page. Um, so I, and right now I don't want to share it because um, I still think it, it's like it's one of those first to market kind of ideas. Mm-hmm. So I, that I, makes sense. So I really so I don't you're want still to like copycats. You still like might try working on this idea at some point. It's just not necessarily in the two month like do it two hours a day format. Yeah, exactly. This whole like I because I, I was you know I was inspired like like. People like you or Xavier has, has grown a huge Twitter following by building in public like that. And I, I thought, oh, yeah, I'll do the same thing. Like, this is a, a new idea, so I could I could be open about the, the financials about it. And yeah. I, thought, I thought it might be a good candidate for building in public. But I, I just don't think building in public is compatible with me. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but the idea is still good, so I think I still... I still want to at least get that landing page out there and start getting feedback and talking to customers. Yeah, no, that's, that's cool. 
I saw this guy, I don't know if you've seen him, just a couple weeks ago. His name's Scott DeLong, and he started building in public kind of a similar idea where he, he gave himself a challenge. He called it 20K to 500K in one year challenge. So he, he's willing to spend 20K on this idea, and he's okay. trying to get to making you know half a million in revenue in one year. And he's kind of doing the same thing where like he's, he's tweeting about it every day or every other day. Um, but he, he's not telling you, he's not telling us like what the idea is. It's all a secret. So he's trying to do it without like having an audience kind of thing. Um, but he's, he's, he's given pretty good updates where it's like, he's, he's showing kind of the steps, things he's doing. Um, and he'll even like, he'll like show like an example idea that's maybe similar. The interesting thing is I think what his, what he's trying to build is basically like a content site for a niche and, the way he's going to generate money apparently is through like ad revenue um, and just like try to build a website that gets a ton of hits and stuff. And I guess he's done that before. Um, so yeah, it's been kind of interesting to follow along. I probably, especially for me, since I'm, like I said, like kind of trying to focus on SEO stuff and that's kind of like what he's doing basically. Um, but he, I think went from, he had like 2000 followers and then within a couple of days after he kind of started this challenge, he's now up to, like eleven and a half thousand followers, wow. so it, it can do. I think his first tweet like went viral or something is probably what happened. Um, but yeah, like it, it can kind of pick on like it can like kind of gain an audience if people like kind of what you're doing and they can learn something from it and there's kind of a good story along with it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's been doing a good job with it. At the on the flip side though, I think the building public stuff. I think there's almost too many people doing it to where it's just not, it it's not, it doesn't stick out enough on its own. Um, I think it used to be like when I started building in public, you know, there weren't that many people doing it. And so like just you doing it was like interesting enough to like start to gain a following and stuff. Or I feel like now like everyone's trying to do it. And so then it's just like, you know, people see in their feet, oh, it's a new person that's, you know, another building public thing. And, you know, I've already, you know, I've seen those, <laughs> you know, right. and so exactly. they're not, it doesn't, it doesn't pique their interest enough to like gain a following maybe. Um, so yeah. I definitely seen it's, it's harder now. I think even for myself, kind of what you're saying, like, and I think that's another thing with Twitter is like building in public or always talking about yourself. Like people don't always want that. Like <laughs> they, they want something valuable for them. Um, and so it can be hard to do that with the build in public thing sometimes. Um, so anyways, yeah, it, it, it's hard to make it work, I think. Yeah. I mean, my first tweet also went viral and I, I think I gained 500 followers like in one day. Mm, yeah. That's, that's nice. So, yeah. So everyone <laughs> wanted to follow along <laughs> and then I failed. <laughs> <laughs> Did, so when you you tweeted out that you failed, did you get a, a good response from people? I haven't. I haven't yet, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, Maybe like you could do that live on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so much easier on the podcast. Seriously, like building in public on the podcast is easy. That's Doing true. Doing it on Twitter is is hard. Like you have to like this. I can't fit into two hundred and eighty characters, so it'd have to be a thread. And a lot of people are allergic to threads, so <laughs> it's like I don't know. Yeah. Yep. The challenge. I'll, I'll probably just tweet, yeah, it's a failure, and then link to this episode. There, go listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Um, let's see. Anything else? 
No, actually, it's it's been almost an hour, right? Should yeah, probably... is that is that is that long? Is that long yeah, for the yeah. podcast? No, Uh-oh. no. It's, I mean, it is it is long, but and some people say, oh, it should be shorter, but it always ends up being this long. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. That was that was fun chat. Yeah, thanks. And uh, I'll s- see you on Twitter and in, on your podcast. Do you want to yeah. do you want to share like where where people can find you? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, my podcast, you know, very similar to this. Right now, it's just me solo. I used to have a co-host. Um, I'm kind of work. I've, I'm having a lot of guests, and then you know, at some point, I'd like to find another co-host um, that makes sense for the podcast. Um, but you can find that at productjourney.fm. Um, and then my product potion at potion.so and you know, I'm just on Twitter, Noah W. Bragg. Um, so you can find me there and I try to try to be helpful, try to share somewhat valuable stuff, <laughs> but, you know, I don't always, you know, I fail. So <laughs> no, no, I think, I think your Twitter is, is one of the good ones. It's not, it's not Thanks. like big, big like thought leader threads and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just genuine stuff. Like, Hey, I just, I just signed up for HREF. and why is the traffic uh, not matching my real traffic (laughs) yep well thanks awesome all right